welcome to the Mum Break Podcast, a place where you can feel normal, get helpful information, and laugh your ass off, hopefully without peeing your pants. I'm your host, Erica, and I have two kiddos. I am not a mom expert, but I do have a zillion hours of therapy under my belt and no filter. I'm on my own journey to find happiness, and I want to help you on the way to yours. Erica, the marriage therapist, coming to you today. (laughs) Okay, full disclosure for serious before I start. I have zero therapy experience. No, hold on. That's a lie. I have a lot of experience in therapy, but I have zero experience conducting therapy. And please do not take this as medical advice or actual therapy advice. I just want to share with you guys my story with my husband because I don't get to talk about it a lot. And I'm hoping that this platform is the right place to do it. And what I want to talk about today is finding the time to focus on your marriage while you have tiny humans running around your house because it is the worst. It is so, so hard and everyone online and everyone and their mother will tell you it's so important. You need to prioritize your marriage. Otherwise, the kids blah, 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 blah. And it's like, yeah, cool, thanks, I know. I know what's important, but I don't know how to do it because I'm drowning, we haven't slept, we're grumpy, things are not going well. I still kind of like him. I know that I love him, but he's super pissing me off. So I wanna talk today about how to actually real life world, my husband and or how we actually real life world make time to focus on our marriage. And it is, it's not perfect. And I don't think it ever will be. I don't know that for me, myself, I want a perfect marriage. I just want a marriage with my best friend and my partner. And I want to be able to have fun and laugh. And sorry, mom or family, if you're listening. And I want to have lots of great sex. And I want to work as a team. And that's not always going to be perfect. And I think that we will be the couple that goes to couples therapy forever. And that's not because we will have big, scary problems forever, but it's because I see the value in therapy and I see the value of constantly working on communications and working through all of these different stages that we've faced together in parenting because that will never stop. Right now, I mean, we had a crazy colicky baby who turned into a behavioral mess of a toddler who... Got anyways, and then now we have this second kid who we're playing man to man instead of zone defense, and you know soon those kids are gonna grow up, and then we'll have to worry about like Austin knocking some girl up and Aubrey, you know, sexting people, (laughs) and things got just real got real extreme real quick. But the point is, is that there's different stages in marriage, and we are always going to be the couple that has to, well, not necessarily has to work through it with someone else, but sees the value in having a third party work through it. And I love that. So I want to share with you a few tips that, no, not even tips. I'm going to say a few things that we do that help our marriage, take them with a grain of salt, apply as needed. Everybody is completely different, but this is what's worked for us. Number one, go to therapy. Go figure. I bet you didn't see that coming. We have gone to couples therapy now for a few years. We started going not because there was any big thing. 
it was just to the point in our marriage and our relationship where actually we started going after when our first child was a toddler before we got pregnant with our second child. And we started going because Aubrey was now a toddler. She was sleeping regularly through the night. Things had balanced out and we had just spent a year and a half, two two years, two and a bit years focusing on her and being parents. And we had spent very little time focusing on being a couple. And we needed to help someone, get someone to help us reconnect and it's not that we couldn't have done it over time ourselves but we just wanted to expedite the process and therapy has been wonderful for us we still go we still have no major problems it's funny because I was speaking to one of my therapist friends we don't see her because of the conflict of interest but if you don't follow her Dr. Tracy D Dr. Tracy Dalbleish I'll put where she is in the notes um below because I can't quite remember her Instagram handle, but she is a couple therapist and a therapist for women, professional women and mothers. And she's amazing. But what she was saying was that if people wait too long to start that therapy process, then it often becomes too late. People have missed the window. There's a window at which therapy is a positive, uplifting, helpful, useful experience. And there's a window where it's just You're covering your bases before you get the big divorce. So that is the thing that has worked for us the most in our marriage. And it's led to a lot of the evolution of a lot of these other things that I'm going to share with you. Uh, And number two is to make a list of duties. (laughs) And it's so funny because this is like the preachiest thing in the entire world. And it sounds so overkill. But I want to tell you why this works for us, and it may not work for you, but one of the big things we struggled with was I found that I was constantly getting mad at him for not doing the things that I expected him to do. And it's funny because I just posted a recent post on Instagram about this, and I said that if I want my husband to do something, I just ask And it's because I acknowledge that, well, yes, in a perfect world, it would be lovely if he just knew magically to do all the things. He is not a mind reader. And the way that he prioritizes things like, you know, walking up the stairs past stuff that needs, this is one of the things that used to drive me nuts. I would put things on the stairs to bring upstairs and put away. And every single time without fail, he would walk by those things and not bring them up. And in my mind, I'm like, why the hell does he not like think about those things? Why can't, he's a grown ass man. He should know, he should, I hate that word. He should know that these things need to go up the stairs. It's his responsibility. And what I realized was that he has very different, you know, ideas of, and visions for what needs to get done around the house. And his brain doesn't work like mine. And that's not a bad thing. That's actually a really great thing. And if I wanted to get what I perceive to be important done, I needed to ask him. And when I got to the point where I was asking about like nitty gritty stupid things, because again, we have very different perspectives over what's important. So I... (laughs) I've said this a lot, 
Bed hygiene is really important to me. It drives me nuts when the bed's not made. I hate when the sheets are like some people are the you're either the kind of sleeper who you sleep with crunchly hugged up sheets or you sleep with them flat and smooth where you can sprawl your legs out, which is obviously the way that I do it based on how I'm talking now. But bed hygiene is important. Having the bed made was huge. Having like the diaper genie never empty or never full and overflowing where you try to stuff a poopy diaper in and the kid's screaming and you can't get the diaper in and poop goes everywhere. That was important to me. Whereas with him, things like sweeping the floor on a regular basis or like mopping the floor were really important to him. And I couldn't give a flying rat's behind about those things in the same way that he doesn't give a flying rat's behind about making the bed or changing the diaper genie. So what we did one day, and this was actually an idea that stemmed from my own personal therapy, was that I realized that we had different ideas of what we wanted to accomplish around the house. And we were kind of just throwing a dart at the board and just hoping that it stuck in terms of we did, you know, some things in the routine properly. Like we kind of just slowly migrated the things that we were comfortable with, which is fine. Like he slowly started sweeping the floor more and I, you know, slowly started trying to remember to change the diaper genie more. But it wasn't necessarily working because there was always those outstanding things that were driving me freaking nuts that he just wouldn't do. I'm like, why does he not know how to do these things? And in his mind, I'm sure he's thinking the same about the things that I'm not doing. And we decided that it was really important just to sit down and figure out all the things in the house that needed to be done and figuring out who was actually responsible for them. So... My background, marketing, event planning, project management, the whole, like I'm a list person. My husband, not a list person. He is the typical man where he gets, you know, does one project. He thinks about that project exclusively, does that project until it's done. Can't focus on anything else until that project is done. And I'm doing 18 million projects and never finishing them. So you can imagine that that would be very frustrating for both parties involved. So we sat down and actually wrote down on a piece of paper once the kids were asleep one night all the things down to like sweeping diaper genie every single thing in the house that needs to get done we wrote it down on a piece of paper and we went through together and decided who would do what and then we just stuck with the list of responsibilities it is the weirdest thing it was the weirdest thing at first because it's almost like you have your self-imposed chore list which is a little bit annoying, but it was really cool because what we also decided with that list was that if, and again, this is getting really nitty gritty, but it works for us. If I'm unable to finish one of the things on my list, or if he's unable to finish one of the things on his list, usually there's going to be a good reason for it. But in order to make sure the other person doesn't get frustrated that that thing's not done, then it's just a matter of having that conversation or a really quick text or really quick shout over the stairs downstairs. Hey, didn't make the bed today. Aubrey was sleeping in the bed. Couldn't make it. Whatever. And just being really clear and transparent about what we were actually doing. So it, again, was a little bit of a self-imposed adult chore list, but it was really cool because then all the things got done. Nobody was frustrated with each other. There was always clear expectations of who was doing what 
And the super bonus to that is that we both felt like, and again, this is one of the bigger or overarching challenges in our marriage, is that I've always felt like there's an unequal distribution of tasks and roles and responsibilities for men and women. And that's a whole other conversation. But by doing this list to the point where we pick the activities and tasks that we were both comfortable with, we never felt like that exist. We didn't feel like that existed after that point because we felt like we had both agreed on this. These were things that we're comfortable with. Everything's getting done. This is one of the best things that we actually did for our marriage. So something to consider, but it worked well for us. Now, this is a sort of, I'm going to go into tip number three. This is sort of a little bit more of a fun tip. And we started doing this before we did couples therapy. We've done this for a really long time, actually. It's we leave little shower notes. And this is the most cheese in the entire world. And we don't do it on all the time. It's just sort of on and off. But I bought those Crayola bath crayons, the ones that kids use and color on things and doesn't come, it comes off easily. I actually bought them for myself to take notes in the shower because I find often the shower is one of the few places where my brain sort of slows down and great brainstorming ideas come to my mind in the shower. So I bought them for myself and a while back, it was either, I think my husband was having a tough time with something. So I started leaving little notes in the shower and he left one back one day. And I just remember feeling that, that, I think it was one sentence. It wasn't long. It was maybe five or six words. It just made me feel so loved and so comforted. And often we forget about those small things, or I know that we do. We forget about the, oh, I love you. You look so sexy in those, you know, pants or you, you know, but your butt looks great, whatever. All those like silly little things that we used to do at the beginning of the marriage but ain't nobody got time for that these days. But in the shower, we did. So we got those little Crayola bath notes and we try to make a conscious effort to do that every once in a while. Just to leave little notes saying things like, thank you for putting the kids to bed. I really appreciate it. Or I'm so proud of how hard you've been working these days. Or like, and then sometimes they get a little dirty. (laughs) So use your imagination for that. But that is something that's small and easy that you can do. And I just ordered them on Amazon and I'll link them for you as well. But it was quick and easy. And then, hey, if you don't use them for shower love notes, you can just use it to brain dump on the shower um, whenever your thought comes to mind, your to-do list on the shower wall. I wanna take a quick minute to talk to you about the Fresh 20. This is a meal planning system that I've been using with my family that has made things so much easier. Every Friday, I get a dinner meal plan in my account that tells me the five dinners that I'm going to be having that week, and it gives me my grocery list, how much the groceries will cost, what ingredients I can prep ahead of time, and then step-by-step instructions for the meals for each day. The thing I love about it so much is that every Sunday, I open my meals, take a look at my grocery list, and it literally takes me three minutes to order them on Instacart, and I schedule my grocery delivery for when nap time starts. When the groceries get here, I spend 20 to 30 minutes prepping the ingredients for the week, put them in glass containers in the fridge, and then when Monday rolls around, I basically just assemble the ingredients for the meals and cook the protein. I chose the paleo menu options, but you can choose between classic, vegetarian, gluten-free, dairy-free, or vegan. And you get meals for the week you don't need to think about that are easy, delicious, and quick to make. 
This is one of those hacks that saved me so much time in my week and is still feeding my family super healthy and delicious meals. So if you want to take a look at their options, you can head to mumbrick.ca slash thefresh20 to learn more because this is one of those hacks that will make life so much easier. Okay, I am back with tip number four. And tip number four is something that took a really long time to accept. I now have promised my husband that every single time something bothers me, I tell him. I mean, we're not talking about nitty gritty annoying things, but if something is really, you know, when you just sit and you stew and you feel like you're just going to explode or you just want to punch something, you're so mad, or even at the little thing, I always make sure to tell him. And not in the passive aggressive bitchy way that I want to. I try to stick to the formula of, you know, the I feels. I feel so-and-so way because this happened. And I was hoping that in the future you could do X, Y, and Z. And I know that this sort of falls in line with the comment people often make of, he's a grown-ass man, he should know. But... No, he shouldn't always know. He's a totally different person than than me. He is really, really, really good at some things and other things are not his strength. And that's the same with me. So I have made the promise for him that if something's bothering me, I just tell him instead of stewing and getting bitchy about it and holding a grudge and talking to my friends about it. Because ultimately, I think of things like a goal. And I always tie things back to goals in all aspects of my life. So my goal is not to try to get him to magically read my brain and to understand what I want and to, I mean, if it was like a movie and he just suddenly knew what I wanted at all times and knew what bothered me at all times, that would be great. But that's not real. And that's not my goal. My goal is to get the things that's bothering me to stop bothering me. And what's the quickest way to that goal? My quickest way to that goal is knowing that I have a husband who's a kind, caring person who genuinely genuinely wants all of us to be happier is to tell him what's bothering me and why. So I use this example all the time. It's something that we worked through and now it's a really, it's a really great situation. But I, during my most recent mat leave, so I was home for a year and a half with two kids. Aubrey was in part-time daycare, but for the most part, I was home with a baby and then a toddler or a preschooler or whatever. And it was really, really hard. So it, you know, most of us have experienced where you're sitting and looking in the window, just counting the minutes until your partner gets home. And you just so badly want to just take a break from the kids and just decompress. We realized pretty quickly that with two kids, that was a really hard thing to do. With one kid, you could do sort of more of a zone defense, but two kids, we went strictly man-to-man, and that was really challenging because it basically we finally acknowledged that neither one of us ever truly gets a break because we're a team and we do this together. But he also has a really physical, demanding job with a lot of stress from the perspective of if he's not paying attention, then something dangerous could happen. He's um, in the hydro field. So... If he's not paying attention and if he does something wrong, 
something dangerous could happen. So he's constantly on. He has a very demanding job. So when he gets home, he's helping with the kids and hanging out and doing bedtime and helping me with all the things. But he, what he was doing was he was coming home from my perspective. He was coming home, ignoring us, just sitting on the couch and playing on his phone. Well, meanwhile, I had the two kids, like I've had them all day in the kitchen making dinner. They're screaming at me because they're kids and they like to scream at their mother. Meanwhile, they just like play and cuddle with their father. But I would sit in the kitchen and I was so mad. I would sit there while the kids were screaming. I was making dinner and he was sitting on the couch on his phone. And I felt like at that moment, he was just ignoring me. He didn't give a shit. He didn't want to help. This is how I was feeling. And I spent a really... (laughs) A really long time being passive aggressive and bitchy about this and I spent weeks just sitting in the kitchen like meters away from him thinking to myself why isn't he help me I just want him to help with the kids so badly I just want him to get off the couch and spend time with us I've missed him I've been lonely all day why can't he do this and it's so I spent weeks just thinking that when really the goal that I wanted was I wanted him to take the kids hang out with them while I got a chance to decompress in the kitchen for my heart day. And when I was in my own personal therapy, I explained this story. She's like, well, why don't you just tell them what's bothering you? (laughs) And then ask for what you want. Why don't you just tell them? Because if you flip the scenario around, he, from his perspective, and after having this conversation with him, he is coming off of a really hard day of work where he's had a lot of different stressors like I have at my day at home with work with the kids, but where he has not had any moments to decompress. He just got home from driving traffic. He, you know, was dealing with things that were really dangerous and he just in his mind wanted like 10 or 15 minutes to sit on the couch and decompress before that he jumped into two kids into bedtime routine and into the whole thing. So in his mind, He had no idea that I was sitting in the kitchen ready to throw knives at him. And he is just in his mind taking a quick few minutes to decompress on the couch. Meanwhile, I'm in the kitchen counting the seconds ready to punch him in the face. And until I had that conversation with him, hey, hun, I need to talk to you because I'm feeling really frustrated that you are sitting on the couch while I'm in the kitchen with the kids after spending a long, hard day with them. They have been screaming all day. I'm tired. I just need a quick minute. Do you think that we could, you could take the kids while I'm making dinner? And a lot of you will say, well, you don't need to ask your husband that, blah, 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 blah. But you know what? Like my goal, again, is to get him to take the kids. He's not a mind reader. He has his own perspective on what's going on. And he's a wonderful human being. So now I'm saying this to him. He says, oh, I totally see that. You know what? I was just taking a few minutes. I had a really hard day. I need a few minutes. Can we, can I just have a few minutes on the couch? Then I'll take the kids downstairs and you could sit upstairs and make dinner and relax. I'm like, praise my baby Jesus. That sounds like the perfect plan. You come home, sit on the couch, cap it at five minutes. And then take the kids to the basement. And I sit upstairs in the kitchen, having a glass of wine, making dinner with a podcast. It 
would not have been, I had spent weeks being frustrated about something that was completely in my control by just telling him that something bothered me. So that is my tip number four. And tip number five is something that we've been doing on and off for a long time. And that is doing our love prompts. And it all started, oh goodness, maybe it started with when we started couples therapy. I'm not sure when it started, but someone had recommended it to start doing like love prompts. So just to buy a notebook and write love prompts. And so I found, I was at Chapters one day and I can't, something love prompts. I can't remember the name of it exactly. It was basically a paper copy version of love prompts, which which had a section in it for each day for us to fill out, let's say something along the lines of like, what did you first fall in love with the person? And then we would go in and fill it out. And it was so cool because the things that on a day-to-day basis, we're not forced to think about and we don't think about because we're thinking about bedtime and diapers and what are we going to have for dinner and what am I going to buy Max for his birthday present? Like all of these things that you have on your brain that mental load, you're not filling that mental load with things like, what do I love about my partner? Why do they make me happy? All of those things. You're not taking the time to do that. But when we bought this prompt journal, it forced us to do that. Now, what we did was we have a table in our front hall. So we left it on our table in our front hall. And every day we would leave a pen beside it and we would just fill it out. (laughs) And it was good and bad. We... It got to the point where Aubrey kept stealing the journal and it disappeared and I kept forgetting to fill it out because I just didn't have the time. But it got me to the point where I realized that the value in this was so strong. It was just the method that didn't work for us. It was just the fact that it was a paper journal in one place that our toddlers could destroy that didn't work for us. So what I did was I actually created an online version of it. So My husband and I were the first to test it out and then a group of other people. But essentially, we signed up for for it. I created it and we signed up for my own product. And every day, we each got an email with a prompt and then replied back to each other. So that was for 30 days. And it was amazing. The things that he sent me, like, I did not know he thought that way. And and the same goes with the other way around because I'm actually probably the less emotional one in their relationship. So it was really nice to express and share those feelings. And those are the five tips, guys. That's that's it. I have another list of five. I've added a few more. I just didn't want this podcast to go on for one zillion hours. But if you want to check it out, I'll leave the link below. Uh, if you want to check out the love prompts as well, the course or the course, it's not it's not a course at all. It's it's a virtual digital love prompts. So you can go to reconnect in 30 and the 30 is the numbers.com check it out there it's only 9.99 for the email prompts I basically just wanted to make something accessible for people just to kick people like we were in the position where we still love each other we kind of were frustrated by each other we both wanted to work on things but life is hard time is hard there's not enough time in the day so I created this love prompts reconnect in 30.com if you want to check it out head there now If you want to get the rest of the 10 tips, you can go to the link and I'll link it in the comments below. But that's it. Marriage is hard. People who say, just fit time in your life for your partner. Like, yeah, cool. I get it, dude. 
appreciate it. I just, I'm busy, I'm tired. I don't feel like having sex tonight. So <laughs> we did some of these five tips to kickstart things off and now we're in a really great place. Again, we won't always be. Things will have their ebbs and flows, but I just wanna share with you some of my experiences. Anyways, have a great day, guys.